are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday, it's like uh, Christmas is Friday. We just had Hanukkah, but it's still like the best holiday of the year because the NBA season starts tonight, two games on TNT, and then the Pelicans start tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm excited. I know you're excited as well. They are like chopping things down outside my house, so I apologize if you hear like the buzzsaw noise going on. I don't care. I'm really excited to talk some NBA basketball and games that matter. We're going to really get to that in tomorrow's show as we preview the season opener for the Pelicans. But before we get to all that, today I want to talk a little bit about the Pelican salary cap situation. Neither Lonzo Ball nor Josh Hart got an extension. Is that good? Is that bad for New Orleans? What could it mean going to the future? We're going to break down the salary cap here for you. And then I've got some predictions for the NBA season. Not just the Pelicans, but the whole NBA. We'll get into those in the third segment of today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced in Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited collection of diamond engagement rings launches January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. So yesterday was the deadline for rookie extensions, and as we talked about on yesterday's show, maybe Josh Hart would get one, probably not Lonzo Ball. Well, it turns out neither of them got them. A number of other ones were handed out, which we're going to look at because I think this gives you the ballpark for what both Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball might be asking for because I think there's some decent enough comps out there. Um, but overall, Lonzo Ball makes sense that he wasn't going to get an extension. He's, he signed with Clutch. They tend to get the most for their clients or demand the most for for their clients and are willing to take pretty aggressive stances in negotiations, including betting on yourself, just like what happened here for Lonzo Ball. This has shades of Brandon Ingram coming over to New Orleans last season. You know, he showed a lot of talent. He hadn't really put it together for a full season. And they were just kind of like, you know what? Prove it. If you deserve a max deal, we're not going to give it to you now, but you'll play like you are. And guess what? If you're a max-worthy player, we will happily give you that contract, which is exactly what happened and why Brandon Ingram is here in New Orleans on the max deal that he could have gotten. And I think a similar thing here is for Lonzo Ball. If you go out and play unbelievably well and fix a lot of the opportunities, let's call them, that you have, I think New Orleans would happily give him a full max deal if that's what is required to keep him. But if you don't, then we need to talk and then we'll let the market basically set what your rate is. And as we mentioned yesterday, now the market might artificially inflate it and he might get overpaid. But you know what? He doesn't care about something like that as long as he's getting the money. And so I think that's kind of what he's looking at. For Josh Hart, I think the Pelicans just want to keep their options open to some degree. I also wonder if they are worried about him getting overpaid. And again, money or players have dried up in the next free agent class. 
you know, there's no Rudy Gobert just signed that max deal um, or a $205 million deal, not a max deal, as well as others. And all of a sudden now teams are going to have some money to spend and no one really great to spend it on. And that's going to make a guy like Lonzo Ball or Josh Hart look really good. And when you look at a deal like Luke Kennard uh, received yesterday from the Clippers, it makes you wonder if that's the kind of thing that Josh Hart is going to get. I'm pulling up what he received uh, yesterday from them. They signed Luke Kennard to a four-year, I forget the exact number, but it was high. Four-year deal, um, and it doesn't, oh, because I'm on NBA, and they, oh, four-year, $64 million deal. That is a lot. $64 million for a guy who's injured most of the last year, though he played well when he was healthy, but at 16 a year, that's probably what Josh Hart at the minimum is going to be looking for. It's a lot of money. And then Lonzo Ball, I think, falls into the Markel Fultz kind of camp here, and he received an extension from the Orlando Magic of three years and $50 million, which is about right, I think. I don't mind that number for him that much. But when you look at their stories, some of their numbers, you got to argue that Lonzo is a more productive player than Markel Fultz is. So basically, you're looking at something like $16 million or so per season for each one of these guys. I think that's kind of the minimum that you're going to look at. So if New Orleans doesn't want to pay that right now, and they don't, you know, and hope that maybe they don't get that kind of contract for, for Josh Hart, because $16 million might be a little bit too tough to swallow for New Orleans. So in the next segment, let's get into the cap situation and kind of look at why that might be. Before we get to the salary camp stuff, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Are you ready for some football? Bowl season? Tulane in action today? There's some big bowl matchups overall. The NFL regular season is finishing up and the playoff picture is becoming clear. And the NBA gets underway tonight. And if you want to get in on the action, have a little bit more fun with this. There's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we here at the Locked on Network trust. And that is BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus free money right there they have nfl games of the week the top bowl games that you can bet on and oh yeah the nba season if you want to make pelicans games and the rest of the nba games you watch a little bit more interesting don't sit on the sideline anymore get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive 50% off uh, or 50% welcome bonus not off you're getting money here with your first deposit bet online your online sports book experts Okay, so I've got a hot tip for you this holiday season that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the year. I've won a bunch of money from him. Thank you, Lee. And he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so some salary cap talk time with these two potential new deals for Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart coming up in the future. No extension for them yesterday, but what's it mean going forward? And I kind of gave you, I think maybe you're indexing their number at around $16 million or so per season, at least for Josh Hart, potentially more for Lonzo, depending just because he plays a larger role on the team. So what does the Pelican salary cap situation look like going into next year? You'll have some people coming off the books, not a ton. You already extended Steven Adams, so he's going to be there. What's it look like? So you've got a couple of guys under contract next season. Brandon Ingram, Eric Bledsoe, Steven Adams, Zion Williamson, 
Jackson Hayes, Kyra Lewis Jr., and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So what is that? Seven right there. Plus a team option on Wenyan Gabriel, but we're going to leave him out of the mix right now. Basically, to sum this all up and to make this as easy as possible, between those seven guys, the Pelicans are committed to $88 million or so. It's an approximation. It's right about there. $88 million for those guys. The soft cap is at 109 so that means in theory the pelicans could have 20 million dollars to spend in free agency but if you're giving extensions or new contracts to lonzo ball or to and to josh hart and or and let's say they're making 15 million a piece this is probably lowballing it for these purposes that's another 30 million dollars and when you put that in there with what the team already has all of a sudden you're looking at basically getting to the soft tax line or the soft tax line, the soft cap line at 109, which is what it is this year. It might go up a little bit next season. All of a sudden you're operating as a team without salary cap space. That's not factoring in that JJ Redick has come off the books then, that Nicolo Melli has come off the books. Um, and I think the other guys there aren't, aren't really big deals because you could probably sign them at minimum contracts, but that's an expensive team all of a sudden, like a really expensive team team all of a sudden and then the season after that you're looking at basically an extension for zion williamson so all of a sudden you've got 109 million committed to nine to nine guys and that's going to balloon to something like 133 million 34 million dollars and all of a sudden you're in luxury tax territory for those nine guys Stan Van Gundy has said, and we'll talk about this more in the in the season preview stuff and game preview tomorrow, that he's going to play eight or nine. So having the majority of those guys committed to your roster at that amount of money is fine, I think. Except anytime you want to add to that is basically putting you in luxury tax territory. And is that core of all of these young guys that we've seen, Brandon Ingram, Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, who may be off the books, um, depending if they trade him. So that is a way to clear some money. All of that means you're looking potentially at a luxury tax team that is what we're seeing this year. And if you're not sold on that team, you're going to need to make some moves because that gets real expensive really quickly for a team that maybe doesn't have championship potential as kind of built in that way. It's not ideal and not what you want. And I wonder if that's why the Pelicans are going to go into free agency next year, potentially willing to let Lonzo Ball and or Josh Hart walk. Because they don't want to really get into all of that with them. Um, and sorry, when I said you had $30 million on there, you're over the soft, uh, the soft cap. It puts them basically not at 109 but like 119 um, 118 or so, and you're over that amount of money. So you can see how expensive this team can get very quickly. And then it gets to about like 130-something if you add Zion's extension in there. So... All of a sudden, you've got this team, and if they don't look that good this year, don't make huge, huge strides, or show that they're trending in the right direction, well, then what, right? And that's where I think this team is going to need to get a little creative in the front office, and that's why it's likely that you'll see trades come through with some of those draft assets they have. Or, if you just want to add cheap talent to this team, because that team gets expensive quickly, then you're going to need those draft picks to really fill out the roster with cheap but talented players. It is a good thing, I think, the Pelicans have thought long-term on a guy like Steven Adams on some of these other things. And I wonder if they're just doing the exact same here. Thinking long-term, but about how to build, as David Griffin has said, a sustainable winner 
in a small market, he puts that part in parentheses and doesn't really say it out loud. And maybe it does mean not overpaying for guys that, while good, aren't game changers, different makers, particularly with the way the rest of your roster is constructed. Something to keep an eye on this season. All of a sudden, you're going to have a very motivated Lonzo Ball, a very motivated Josh Hart, because they want big money deals. And they're in line to potentially get those, but they still do need to deliver. So maybe that is part of the plan of the Pelicans here. Do not give them a contract extension. Go go and earn it and force them to play better. Not that they'd get complacent and wouldn't, but hey, you know what? A little extra motivation probably never hurt anybody. Since the season starts tonight, predictions for the NBA season coming up here in just a second, including picks for MVP and the like. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's really that simple. I just got a new delivery with these of some of their really delicious flavors. Lemon almond cheesecake, uh, caramel brownie, and cookies and cream. Uh, I've tried some of them. They are just really good tasting. Like, I don't know the other way to put it. I was talking to someone on Twitter because I tweeted a picture about these the other day and said, yeah, I spend my own money on these things, even though they advertise on the show. And, you know, look, someone else said they tried a protein bar. It's not that good. A protein bar is a protein bar, right? You take it because it's basically the most efficient way to kind of get the protein in and all of the other stuff that comes with it for whatever it is you need it for, whether it's a workout meal replacement, what have you. They're not necessarily designed to be like good tasting. You shouldn't look at these as a gourmet meal or anything like that. It's just a freaking efficient way to kind of get what you need. But if they don't have to taste bad, if it doesn't have to be a miserable experience, yeah, don't make it as such. And Built Bar is actually good to the point that I actually kind of look forward to eating these things. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. You're going to think you're eating a candy bar instead of a protein bar. So they're great for the health-conscious person who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging just a little bit. They have some that have 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, or 17 grams of protein, and just 130 calories. And look, it means you don't kill all the cardio you just did. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you're going to get 20 percent off your next order that's promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com so make sure to check out the locked on nba podcast feed today you'll find season preview episodes for each division with team breakdowns from local experts waiver wire additions from locked on fantasy basketball rookies to watch from chad ford and predictions on the division from rejecting the screen subscribe to locked on nba wherever you get your podcasts on that lockdown preview, we did a prediction episode where it's just all of our hosts making two predictions or so about the season and what they think, whether it's their team, whether it's another team, um, whether it's the league as a whole. So it's fun. I got more predictions than that, and I want to give them here as we gear up for the NBA's regular season tonight. Um, and I think this is going to be a really fun year and a really weird year, too, given COVID and everything that is going on. I'm going to give you some just general predictions and we'll get into kind of the MVP awards and, and all of that stuff because I think that's kind of what everyone wants to hear. But some things to keep an eye on this season. Let's start with the trade market. Free agency was kind of wild and then everything died down a little bit. And I think you're going to see the trade market pick up towards January or so, um, middle of January, I think, once teams get a little bit of an idea of what things are like 
and know what their team is and then try and make drastic moves. You don't have a lot of time here to try and figure things out on a shortened season that's condensed 72 games. You've got to kind of try and do it early. I know the trade deadline is in March, but I think you're going to start to see things get exciting early on. And with Giannis re-signing in Milwaukee, you've got a number of teams that probably want to make a needle-moving move to some degree. So that's teams like the Dallas Mavericks, uh, Toronto Raptors, Miami Heat. They kept their cap space clear and have picks and young players that they can try and trade away. So what do they do? And I'm not sure exactly, but there's a couple of teams out there that I think are ripe for kind of maybe blowing it up. The Spurs being one of them. And I think that's kind of one of my first big surprising things here. A team with guys like LaMarcus Aldridge and others don't really need to have this roster kind of put together. They're kind of going with a bit of a youth movement. Um, Patty Mills could help someone. Rigay could help someone. DeMar DeRozan probably too. Same with OKC, Al Horford, George Hill. Um, Trevor Reza was traded there. I think all of these guys are useful, and I expect almost all of those names to get moved at some point and keep an eye on teams like Dallas, Toronto, Miami this season for being really active as they really try and make, whether it's a deeper playoff push or to actually win the NBA Finals. I've said I think rookies will really struggle this year, won't make a huge impact this year. If you have any in your fantasy basketball teams, yeah, it's probably not the most exciting thing. Um, also, check out Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. I don't expect to see a ton of Kyra Lewis Jr. this year or any of them. LaMelo Ball might be the best one. He's probably my pick to win Rookie of the Year. Um, but overall, I don't expect the rookies to really contribute to the NBA. I mean, they were basically drafted, what, like a month ago? Another thing I'm kind of expecting this year is I don't expect there to be very many pushover games in the Western Conference. With the play-in tournament, meaning you can get in at 9 and 10 and potentially get into the playoffs, I think it's going to be a motivating factor because all of these teams are at least competitive enough to make a claim for a push to that spot. So when you're playing the 15th team in the Western Conference, whatever team it might be, Minnesota, Sacramento, I'm not really sure right now because they're all kind of close, it's not going to be just a pushover game. There's not going to be any game unless it's against the Eastern Conference and a team like the Cavaliers, the Knicks, Charlotte, those kind of squads that you're like, oh, the the Pelicans should win this game. Everything else is going to be pretty tough. And I like the fact that the playing tournament is going to be motivating these teams to try. You're, you're losing money this year. If you can make the playoffs and get some extra money from that, why not, right? That seems to be a big motivating factor to me for ownership at least. So I don't think you're going to see a ton of maybe tanking here in the league this season or teams just kind of wrapping it up and go with the youth movement, they're going to probably play their best guys to really try and go out there and win a bunch of games so that they can get into the postseason and recoup some of that money, I think. All right, award picks, which I think are always fun. Um, I love Luka Doncic for MVP. It just seems to make the most sense. I don't see Giannis getting it again. I think you kind of hit voter fatigue. I can't see it really being LeBron James. And unless Anthony Davis is significantly better than LeBron James, I don't think that he's going to have a chance at winning MVP. Though I do like Anthony Davis probably finally for getting Defensive Player of the Year. Rookie of the year I think is probably a guy like LaMelo Ball. I think he's going to get the most minutes. He's looked pretty good in preseason so far. And then I think for most improved player, 
Not Lonzo Ball. I definitely see this being Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, who's just going to get so many minutes and opportunities to shine on that. I don't know what kind of roster OKC has, but yeah, he's kind of the man there that I think he ends up getting it. And I think those are my picks for really the biggest awards out there. I think Karis LeVert probably gets sixth man of the year if he accepts that role. I think that's really, really good for him. I think I see him in that Manu Ginobili-esque kind of role. Um, and then I think probably Eric Spolstra wins coach of the year if he can get Miami on a deep uh, playoff run or get him like to the playoffs in a high seed. I think people are going to give him a lot of respect for that and probably carry over some of the goodwill that he had last season. So there are my predictions for the end of season awards. Let me know what yours are on Twitter. Enjoy the games tonight. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to preview the start of the regular season for your New Orleans Pelicans.